This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. Here's your host, Corey Tusick. This is the Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Tusick. On today's episode, I interviewed Dylan LeClaire. Uh, you might have seen Dylan whenever uh, on Twitter. He's you know kind of exploded uh, with his followers, and he does a lot of on-chain analytics, and he's wrote some great pieces for Bitcoin Magazine, and he has his, his uh, website, 21st Paradigm. Um, so yeah, he's uh, been really coming on in the Bitcoin scene ever since he last year dropped out of college and uh, and went full time into Bitcoin and uh, realized the Ponzi scheme that he was in was not worth it um, in the college world. So uh, yeah, it was a great conversation with Dylan. We got into you know like what really is education, you know, especially whenever you know you you can get it for free on the internet and you know knowledge really is just what you can uh, retain absorb and, and learn um from the world so it doesn't have to come from some uh, as he called a like a boomer professor that uh you know just is sitting there on a zoom call now because whenever they all had to do class from home so um yeah we had a good conversation i also found out that uh he played uh club d1 hockey like i did um at UVM, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then at the end, we get into a little bit of market analytics. If you listen to that episode, uh, I, I did release just a short blurb, um, you know, like 20 minutes of um, his market outlook. But that if is still at the end of this episode, so if you want to hear it again, um, you know, you'll it'll just the conversation rolls right into it at the end. But uh, everything else, um, yeah, Dylan's gonna come on and be uh, a regular uh, here for a couple months. We're gonna try to do monthly. Uh, uh, calls and, and get market outlooks and stuff like that and then you know just uh chat about what's going on in the bitcoin world so uh follow dylan on twitter at btz isation that's bitcoin isation and uh 21st paradigm.com and then on bitcoin uh, magazine you can see his articles uh, his great articles there so uh Without further ado, oh, and uh, also we have our sponsor, CoinBeast Connect. Uh, do you have questions about Bitcoin? Personalize your learning and book a one-on-one -on -one video call with a Bitcoin pro on CoinBeast Connect. Learn about mining, security, the Lightning Network, DeFi, taxes, and many other topics. It's really easy. Choose your topic and pro, select a date when you're available, and bring your questions to the meeting room. Book your first call today by going to coinbeast.com and clicking on the connect tab. Be prepared for the financial revolution and get the knowledge you need. Thanks again to Coinbeast for sponsoring the show. I really appreciate them coming on board. Um, and if you want to follow the show, it's the Twitter handles at Bitcoin Simply. If you want to follow me, my personal one is at Tusik Corey. I don't use that one as much. It's more of a PR thing, but you know, you can follow me there. Um, and then if you want to get in contact with the show, it's Bitcoin Made Simple Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Better it. So, uh, you know, I'm not considered young, but I, I th you'll find this out. I mean, you're, you're what, 20 years old, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you'll find out that. Uh, it's pretty soon in the next handful of years, you'll reach the age that you stop aging at in your mind. <laughs> and so like in my mind, I'm still, I mean, I'm in my thirties, but I was sitting there thinking about like, oh man, this kid's so much younger than me. And I realized you're closer in age to my children than you are to me, which is <laughs> nuts because my kids aren't old and I'm not old. <laughs> I was just like, 
huh that's a little crazy but um but yeah so uh so how's it feel being the whiz kid on uh, one of the whiz kids on on bitcoin <laughs> i mean uh yeah man it's it's been kind of a crazy couple of years to be honest um you know especially the last six months for like myself personally but also bitcoin um started working with bitcoin magazine and that's that's been a whirlwind um been a lot of fun but um yeah i mean the, the cool thing is like i you know, I could be what I'm doing now, um, you know, and, and sharing my, my thoughts publicly, or I could be just a total anon, not share a detail about me or whatever. And it's like the merit of your idea is what matters, you know, like yep. I'm 20 years old, no, no credentials. This is like my Bitcoin magazine was my first real job. Like I, I worked like, you know, manual labor construction stuff, but like, you know, and, and what does that have to do with this? Nothing. And like, and people still, you know, will take the face value of what I say. Um, instead of looking at what university I attended or what MBA I have, you know, like, which is kind of what the, the legacy system is. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's, what's cool about Bitcoin is that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what age you are, um, you know, like where you live in the world. Like, uh, I don't know if you know, um, uh, the Satoshi in Venezuela, if you ever followed that account? I have not. Um, Oh, I'm not going to mess up his name because I don't have him in front of me. But anyways, he, uh, yeah, he, I had him on a couple months ago. Dude's like, you know, sharp as attack gets Bitcoin through and through. And he's like having meetups in like Venezuela <laughs> and like, so awesome. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, I love, I love that part of this, you know? Um, How many episodes have you done? This is 29. Um, Congrats, man. That's awesome. When are you starting? Uh, I start yeah I started in February um, and uh, basically my goal was to just I was like I'm gonna I need to learn more about Bitcoin and I still say I'm like I'll probably be I'm at one percent of my understanding of Bitcoin and I'll probably be there for like 10 more years and I think all of us will be because it's just like there's so much more than we can even understand um, but yeah we um, I, I, may, I committed to myself I was like I need to learn more about it. And the best way to do that is to interview the best minds um, and the people that understand it the most and might as well record it, put it up on the internet for other people to learn. If I'm learning in public, might as well let other people learn too. Um, and then, uh, and then actually uh, the episode I just released today, which is with CJ Wilson, is the first one that has a sponsor. So like just told myself, I was like, I'm going to do it for 52 weeks. Um, you know, I own my own businesses so I could afford to, you know, carve out time to, you know, a couple hours a week to do this and didn't really want to do it for any sponsorship or anything. And uh, that was that, uh, you know, and uh, by the way, can you hear my one son crying in the background? I don't know if that's distracting or anything. No. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's uh, lunchtime. So, you know, the food isn't on his <laughs> plate fast enough. Um, but anyways, uh, but yeah, so um, yeah, it was, it's a uh, coin beast. I don't know if you've explored Coinbase yeah, at all. They're awesome. Yeah. Congrats yeah. So they, thanks. Yeah. So they, they reached out and they were like, Hey, let's, you know, let's do something. Let's form a partnership. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, we're doing that. And I recommend everybody, not just because they're a sponsor. It's like a great resource, you know, for, uh, basically what we're doing now, we're all learning, you know, we're all trying to figure out Bitcoin and, and how it, uh, it works in, in our world. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so you were what college were if you don't want to dox yourself, that's fine. But what college no, were you? That's at? fine. 
Um, I was at the University of Vermont. Um, okay. Yeah, like born, born and raised here. Uh, you know, pretty small state. Um, didn't didn't go too far from home. Not because I was scared to. Um, more of I just I just like it here, and also um, it was you know pretty good deal. Um, you know, I got, I got good grades in school and whatever, and in state it was just affordable even before i was like super orange pilled um <laughs> about you know bitcoin but also just about like the merits of education and whatnot like i knew i wasn't gonna, gonna go spend fifty thousand a year to get some title and you know credentials and and education yes but i i, I knew that i wasn't gonna sell sell myself for for school even before i connected a lot more dots <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny um because i think when i messaged you i, I was like we gotta talk about college um and, and my wife, you know, she always asks, you know, like, oh, who are you interviewing? And, you know, I kind of give her little details about um, and, and she, I, she made me like, do like, don't talk too much down about college in front of our kids. You know, she's always very wor- wary of that because um, <laughs> I can get on. A, I can I can really tee off on uh, education and, yeah. and start unloading. And like if you can see my shirt pit, that's where like I literally went to college to play hockey. That was it like love it man awesome Are you a hockey player yeah i was uh that was kind of my my sport um i played club at, at uvm i mean could have yeah that's maybe what some d3 thing or whatever but whatever yeah yeah that's what um yeah Pitt was club d1 club so i'm sure it was like same level as vermont um and uh yeah it's funny i actually i like i never try to brag about that i'm just like oh you know i played or whatever and it was for fun but it's a decent level of competition and uh, and I got validation from that whenever I had uh, he played twenty games in the NHL. His name's Carl Stolery, and I interviewed him like two months ago. And um, and uh, and he was like, "Oh yeah, there's some good players in there." And I was like, "Dude, ah, oh, that's awesome! Like, thanks for that." Because usually I'm just like, "Yeah, it's a club, you know." I mean, we weren't like super <laughs> serious, but uh, but yeah, where did you uh, did you get to play a lot? Your fresh, I guess you were just a freshman, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I played a lot. Um, you know, we, it was fun. We got, it was like, I tell people it was like NCAA mixed with beer league kind of where like, yep. we took it serious, but like we'd go on buses and whatnot and like, you know, stay at hotels and all that. But at the same time, like we'd also head out on the Saturday night <laughs> when we had a game Sunday, you know? So, um, it oh, was a good time. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely yeah. miss, definitely miss that the most or, or one of the most like from, from college was, uh, the, the club hockey just like kind of, I don't know, camaraderie and just, just exercising like, um, in the team sport kind of way, um, definitely miss that. So, you know, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, so I basically, I went to, I, I think I would have maybe without hockey, given it a try for a little bit, but I was too much of an entrepreneur, you know, and like, it's just like sitting in classrooms, like, listening to people tell me about what they know about the industries and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, like, I, I remember cause I'm a filmmaker and own like streaming platforms, all that kind of stuff. And like, uh, I remember sitting in film class and listening to these film like professors and like telling me how to make movies. And I, was, and I just wanted to be like, excuse me. Um, what movie have you made that I would want to see? Like, I'm just curious. Like, <laughs> and like oh the answer is none okay that's fine and like that that goes across every sector of education mostly in upper education is that what you found with like business where you have these people telling you what to do but they never did it in real life yeah totally i mean like i mean there's you know there's obviously exceptions to the rule but like 
or head of economics or whatnot. Like, you know, you're like, what have you done? Oh, you're a, a lifelong professor. <laughs> Got <Yeah>. it. <laughs> like, yep. Totally makes sense. Checks. That's a, that like, uh, makes me think of, um, like I had this thought in my head in college where I was like, those that can do, or those that can't do teach and those that can't teach become professors. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty spot on. Um, I mean, there, like, there were some professors I liked and I really connected with. Um, yeah. And that's a generalization. Just, I, there are good professors. Yeah. I hate, and I have, I, I know some, so, but uh, yeah. And I, like the most, most of them are just like, you know, I guess products of the bureaucracy and they just climbed some ladder of, of just like, <laughs> you know, in the system. And it's like, what do you, what do you know besides what the textbook's telling you to know? Like not yeah. much. Exactly. Exactly. And I'll never forget the arrogance too is what kills me. My freshman year, um, I did go to this small school called St. Vincent college. Uh, Cause they had a D three team that had a chance to go all the way. Um, and my brother had played for them the year before. So I kind of knew what I was getting into. And this professor there, I signed up for electives and I'm, you know, film media, that's like my life. And I signed up for economics, just being like, ah, whatever, I'll just take a macroeconomics course. This is easy. Um, you know, I always got good grades without trying. So uh, what, how hard is math? You know, that's what I figured. I was like, oh, like what's economics? You know, and little did I know it was much more uh in depth than i thought you know it wasn't just as simple as like adding and subtracting numbers um but this professor i won't drop his name just because i don't want to be mean to him but i'll never forget this first day of class he goes uh today i want to give you an example this is like my first day of college he's like i'm gonna give you uh an example of what the lectures will be like for this entire semester you know he's going on and on and he's like so you don't have to take notes, but I'm going to give you a lecture I gave to the United Nations in Qigong uh, talking about world economic, blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, I remember being so turned off by that dude. I was like, all right, I'm not paying attention. So I literally zoned out and didn't buy the book and uh, or anything <laughs> like and I just I literally was like, I'll just take the tests and wing it and see what happens. And if my dad's probably listening to this and probably shaking his head, like, Oh my God, this is what he was doing. Um, and, uh, and so I showed up for the first test and an macroeconomics test with not no multiple choice. That's what I was looking at. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't even fake this. Like it would be like taking something in a different language and having to write the words out. Like I had to write like sentences explaining what I was seeing in like the, you know, <laughs> graphs and stuff. And I bombed that test to the point that, I mean, I literally got zero. Like I didn't, I just like was writing on it. Like did not pay attention. Sorry. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> and, uh, yeah, macro. I mean, I like, I love macroeconomics, like actual, like, you know, actual econ, but like <laughs> I took a macroeconomics course and it was like, it was pretty brutal. I mean, we were like, we were learning, we we're looking at charts and stuff from like, I don't know when, like the 1940s, like, like literally like <laughs> by Keynes himself, you know, it's like, yeah. One of them I remember like really um, was with the Phillips curve. And it was like, it's like inflation on one, on the Y axis and employment on the, on the X axis. And it was saying the higher inflation is 
and, and there's this there's this curve to it. And it says the higher inflation is, the lower employment is, and the lower inflation is, the higher unemployment is. So it's saying like as as there was less, if there's less inflation, there's gonna be less people employed. And it was like this model that they that that, that these brilliant economists thought of, and we were taught that this is how it works. And I was like, that this is not how it works, and here's why. And they're like, no. That's not that's not how it is. And I was like, no, they're like, nah, nah, the nah, nah, nah. like <laughs> plugging their yeah, ears. It, it was, and that's when I was like, and this was like right before COVID. Um, my like my freshman year, we we got like sent home, which for me was like 15 minutes away, but still. Um, and I just that was the point for me. I was like, what am I doing? Like, like I'm learning this stuff that like, and at the same time, I'm on I'm on Twitter. Like I I spend a lot of time on Twitter now, but like I did I did back then. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was, I was getting my education that I was, you know, paying for, um, and it wasn't an outrageous amount, but it wasn't, you know, not meaningful. It was like solid, um, you know, could have stacked with that. <laughs> and, and like, I'm at the same time, I'm listening to like, you know, Preston Pish and his podcasts and all this stuff with like actual experts who like actually look at data and like actually understand what's happening. And I'm like, wait, like, what am I learning? Like, what am I doing here? Like, yeah, I can connect with alumni if I graduate or whatever it is, but like, what I'm going to do three more years of this. Like, there's just no chance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you got out of a huge debt. You got yourself out from a huge debt, uh, bubble that, uh, that was going to explode over you when you graduate. And cause I mean, think about it now you're working with Bitcoin magazine, you know, you're stacking sats, you're learning all that kind of stuff, basically becoming an entrepreneur, probably, um, you know, you have your website, um, what's the actual domain name so that I get that right. It's 21st paradigm. Okay. Yeah. 21st paradigm.com. Um, and you know, think three years from now where you're going to be as opposed to when you'd graduate and they'll be like, okay, go out there, get a job. Like I'll never forget. Like I graduated with my degree and like, they were pushing these jobs on me to like go be a salesman for like a machine parts company. Fastenal. That was a company. Fastenal. <laughs> if you've ever seen that F A S T E N A L. And like, mm-hmm. they were like, it's a good job benefits, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this has nothing to do. Like it's sales. And I, what, what does that have to do? And it's just, yeah, they're like, they just want you to have, they want to have their placement rate so high. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so macro, I, I struggle with that, but I will say it, even though I bombed that test, I got a zero and he, that, that arrogant professor wrote on the test when he handed it back and said, uh, and it said, see me after class. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm in college and I'm getting see me after class. Like, you know, <laughs> that's something that happens in like junior high or like, and, uh, and he just, you know, was like, in the most arrogant way telling me he's like um if you uh i'll let you drop the class and uh and won't let you know let this you know get stuck on your record because i think it was past the point that i could drop it like safely or whatever you know their stupid roles are he's like i'll i'll waive it for you you know just because you know uh, obviously this isn't going to work and (laughs) and the last thing you should do to me is tell me that I can't do something. And I was like, well, why would you do that? And he's like, I mean, there's no way you'll get a passing grade. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do that now. And literally <laughs> like got with this dude named, he was a grad student, 
it was like a genius in economics and I've, I've tried to find him on the internet mike shrek mike shrek if you ever hear this look me up dude um and he and i got together like twice a week in the evening and i was like dude i'm gonna crush this course i need to basically get 100 percent the rest of the way and uh and you're gonna teach it to me and so that was my first introduction to like okay this kind of makes sense i stored it in the back of my mind and now i find myself after college like watching like economics professors videos on like youtube and you know getting my education there um so you kind of spoke about that a little bit like getting your education from podcasts and everything like that um and you know jeff booth i'm sure you're familiar with you know has said like you know the price of education has come down what do you see the future being with education uh do you do you see more people leaning towards just going on their merits and you know companies starting to hire people based on what they know as opposed to this legacy system yeah man i've thought about it a lot and i love jeff's uh his kind of his book uh the price of tomorrow his just like you know in general he, he honestly shaped a lot of kind of my my thinking around this um technically like i what was it in may i deferred um of 2020 so like you know, I, I was committed to take the year off, but I didn't know, but I was really not feeling it. Um, and I think that summer, I don't know if it was the spring or summer, I read Jeff's book um, and a bunch of other things. And I was like, I was like, this totally makes sense. Like, okay, so the cost of education is actually way, way lower than it's ever been in history. And I know that because I am reading this $13 book that someone on a free podcast recommended to me and I'm learning a lot. Check. Okay. So what, like, what do I do? Well, I'm going to go, you know, create value for myself, um, you know, and I like to acquire Bitcoin, but what does the future look like? And like, you know, 10 years from now, are people still in this trap? And I think there's a couple things at play here, which, you know, kind of is like a pretty deep rabbit hole with like fiat, right? Like one, um, we're kind of like bridging this gap um, gradually, then suddenly from like industrial age institutions to, to like, this, you know, information digital age we're, we're entering, we're kind of already halfway in, we're like halfway out the door almost. Um, and so we have all these legacy institutions um, that supposedly kind of, you know, are important or like, you know, mean something if you have a, if you have a MBA from Harvard, right? Like that's still, there's still some kind of status symbol there. Um, mm-hmm. But 10 years from now, like, are people still going to be paying the equivalent of six figures to get an education. And I don't think so. And I think there's a couple things there. Um, one is I think Bitcoin um, and like the monetization of Bitcoin um, kind of explodes or implodes this, this everything death bubble, right? Like the only reason, and, and there's a lot to this and there's a lot of nuance, but like, why does the university bureaucracy like continue to survive? Well, because you can go get a, hundred thousand dollar loan from a, from a university um or, or from from a bank to go to pay a university the university is guaranteed to get that money because it's backstopped by the federal government right like or like it's backstopped by a bank which is backstopped by a federal agency and it's all this stuff like there's there's i can't go to the bank now i've tried i've tried to go to the bank and get get a five percent interest loan unsecured they say <laughs> hell no yeah i actually had to do it to stack sats they said hell no and yep. so um, that I think that goes away when the cost of capital is accurately priced. It's not right now. Um, and so when the state's monopoly over money, um, you know, gradually and suddenly disappears, um, I think 
so does the kind of mirage of an quote unquote education system we're in now um, and the bureaucracy that comes with that, right? Like um, if you look at what the fuck happened in 1971, WTF happened in 1971 on their website. Uh, one of the things that was like, for me, I was, I really was like, wow, was university administrators and university professors since like the seventies or, or since, since like the fifties and the professors are, it's basically the same, maybe a little bit more, but the administrators working in the university system since, and, and no, like, did it happen the day after Nixon removed the gold peg? No, but like, what is this saying? Well, it's saying like, there's, there's something subsidizing this huge mess of an education system we have today. And what is it? Well, it's like the free money, right? It's like every single year. And for me, like I went through the application process two years ago. Like it was, it was pretty brutal. Like I applied to, to five schools that I really, really wanted to get into. Um, like kind of, kind of reach schools that I would really consider with UVM, which I knew I would get into and a bunch of others I knew I'd get into. But like, and I had a couple of free vouchers for applications and, and usually they're like 50, hundred bucks a pop. And mm-hmm. on this, on this common core website, you can like some, some universities require like different essays or requirements or whatever. But for the most part, like you can apply to a hundred schools if you want, like click, just click down the line, right? Like mm-hmm. it's basically the same thing. And everybody I know applied to like five to 10 schools. And so what does that mean? Well, you have universities that have like infinite demand. They every single year, like right, I guess like they're the turning games, people away. They're turning people away. So like they know that they're gonna get every single year that they're regardless of price. Like some universities during 2021, during or like the last year, um, you know, starting in September 2020, raised their prices for online Zoom over over the in-person classes, and people paid. That's insane. People. That's insane. And they paid. Like Harvard, I know, I don't think they raised the prices, but they kept their, their base tuition at like 55K. And then with, you know, if you didn't live on campus or whatever, but you people paid, they got paid $55,000 for Zoom classes, right? And, and it was, and keep in mind, like where we're going, that's a, like, I mean, that's a pretty good question. Where are we going? Well, they recorded the same classes for economics, chemistry, mathematics, calculus, whatever the hell you want to learn. They recorded the same classes in 2020 that they taught in 2021 and people paid 55,000 for it. Right. So, and they're going to teach the same classes with the same professors in 2022. And so like, and they're just going to play the recording. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and you have that same, you have that same professor like this, this was like a big kind of red pill that I use for a lot of my um, like, uh, what is it called? Like college friends or whatever. Um, or, you know, people that I talked to in high school, they're like, dude, you dropped out. Like, what do you, what do you think? Like, what are, is that's kind of risky, isn't it? And I was like, dude, well, it's tell me how riskier. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, all right, well tell me this. What is the value of something that, right. There's how many college students? I don't know off the top of my head, millions, yeah. millions of college students, thousands of universities or institutions, thousands of professors in those universities, or institutions, and tens of thousands of classes, whatever the numbers are. I don't know. Well, you have, you know, how many Calc 101 courses are taught, right? And you have the thousand best teachers or the thousand teachers that are teaching these Calc classes and like plot them on a bell curve. Well, where we're going, only the top, you know, 0.1% of these teachers are going to be teaching calculus because that's all we need. And like, if people, people might get scared of that, like, oh, what are they going to do with the jobs? Well, I don't know, but they're going to be, they're going to do something else with their time. Maybe they don't have to work at all where we're going, right? Like this is the price of tomorrow thesis for like 
everything's going to get exponentially cheaper. And that's a good thing. Like there's no need to be paying six figures. Like, you know, never mind dollar amount. There's no need to be paying years of your time for, for this thing that can be distributed for a penny across the globe. And I, I, I'm really bullish on what like Michael Saylor's doing with like Sailor Academy and whatever. Right? Mm-hmm. Like they're just compiling all this stuff and they're saying, Hey, it's free. Like, how do you compete with that? And you can't. Oh you know? yeah. Like I think in like 50 years, Sailor Academy will have just flattened like the legacy education system because education, I mean, think about Moore's law with like how rapidly more cheap in how cheap much cheaper education will become and then you have somebody like sailor doing what he's doing yeah i i love that uh yeah i mean i I hope so right like and honestly i don't and i I kind of hope that that universities like in-person colleges or whatever like i hope they i mean definitely i hope they get a lot smaller and i hope like a lot of the rent seeking and bureaucracy aspects of it go away but like i mean i can't lie college was a blast like i oh yeah I'm at my parents' house for the summer, but like I'm moving back with my college friends in the, in the school year, because like, it's an awesome scene, <laughs> you know, oh, like yeah. I'll be on my lap, I'll be on my laptop, like, you know, instead of paying for zoom classes, like getting paid for, for, for zoom or, you know, writing or, you know, being on my laptop or whatever, but like, you know, it's an awesome time. And like, that was the toughest thing for me was like the social scene, which probably 90% of people go for it's awesome. And like, you do build like sometimes for some people, you build lifelong connections, you build lifelong friendships, right? Like the, oh, yeah. you know, the, the best years of your life. Like, I think that's kind of cringe, but like, it's definitely extremely fun. It's just not worth paying hundred thousands of dollars for, for fun. You know, like, it's just, I know I, it, it really is, uh, you know, and I mean, I've like college, you know, there's always, I always say there's, you know, every, there's different chunks, like phases of life. And each one of them is like the best years of your life. You know what I mean? Like, it'll get that way all the way to the point where like me and my wife are retired, you know, and like doing, you know, basically next to nothing, just keeping ourselves busy and like, you know, hanging out on the beach or something. It's like, Oh, these are the best years of our life. But you know, it's important to like enjoy every, you know, chunk of time. And I think, you know, hopefully maybe a it'll trend towards like a community type thing where like kind of like what you're doing, like you can be working and like you happen to be in the same place. Cause it, I will tell you, I mean, I, I took five years, I spread out my credits over five years. Cause um, and I don't know if you even look this far into it, but for club hockey, you can do five years of eligibility. You didn't even have to sit out a year. So I was like, Oh my God, I can play hockey for five years instead of four. I'm going to do that. And I spread it out. And, uh, you know, incurred more debt probably because of it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I loved, I loved college. Like I loved the lifestyle. Uh, you know, anytime I drive through campus, I'm like, oh my God, this is like, I I miss these days. But like, you know, all the kids in there were like, you know, nine years old whenever I was in college. But, uh, but the, uh, yeah, it's, it's. It's something I, I wouldn't, I mean, I, my last day of college, like graduation was on a Saturday and I was with my buddy. Uh, sorry, dad, if you hear this, but uh, the, so the cathedral of learning is at uh, Pitt's campus. Anyone want to look that up? Just Google it. But the cathedral of learning, I think it's the tallest education building in the world. Um, and it's like over a hundred years old or something. Uh, and it basically is like a, like a Hogwarts style building. 
um, like really cool nooks and crannies. Like that's what it feels like on the inside. And it's like Gothic style. And we found if you went in at night and you could ride it all the way to the top. And then in the one like women's bathroom on like the 40th floor or whatever, you could uh, prop the window open and go out on like a little balcony and just like be like, you know, 40 stories high, like over campus. So we would go up there and like, we wouldn't like, we were safe, you know, we weren't like horsing around or whatever, but, uh, but uh, we would just go up there and just like chill and like, you know, have like deep conversations about life. And my one buddy, everybody else had moved away and I was like the only one there and and he was still there for work or something. And it, I saw the sun coming up on graduation day and he was like, awesome. was it, he was like, is it time? I was like, yep, it's time. Like, cause I knew, yeah. I always tell people, I knew how good I had it in college. Like there are a lot of people who say like, Oh, you don't ever, you don't know how, know how good you had it. I'm like I knew the entire time, the whole five years, I was like, man, life's going to be different and not as awesome as it is right now, you know? And, and then that, yep. that moment comes, it ends and, and boom, you're, you're in the real world. Um, but, uh, but I wanted to get your thoughts on, so I gave a presentation at Pitt. Uh, I did a, public speaking course where we could talk about any subject we wanted for the one speech and we had to do it in front of a large group so it was a 250 seat auditorium wasn't filled but there was a good number of people in the class and a lot of professors came in for this like public speaking thing and i gave my talk on how college was a waste of money and I wish that, I mean, this is before YouTube was in its infancy. I wish I, you know, I mean, I had like a handy cam, but like nobody had cell phone recorders. Um, and I've tried digging it up. My school email got, you know, shut down after graduation. So I don't even know where I can find this document. Um, but yeah, I just lambasted the college institution, like right to their faces. And it's like balls. The, oh, the looks on their faces were so worth it, though. It was like they were just like, <sighs> how dare you say that about college education? And I was like, I just was like, basically the, to sum it up in like layman's terms, I was like, I'm here to play hockey. And like, if I wanted to be successful, I'm going to be successful regardless of whether or not I came here. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm just paying pretty, a lot of money solid. for this. So I thought that's whenever I've heard your story. I, first time I heard your story, I was like, I think he would understand that and, and possibly really? end up, giving a, a story giving a speech like that is that something you could ever see yourself doing i mean yeah i i uh i funny enough took a public speaking class and hate i've always hated public speaking um and i've done a lot more of it now um, ironically did, now yeah, that I, you're you know going in spaces and <laughs> all that kind yeah of stuff. um like did something at bitcoin 2021 like moderated a panel which was which was really fun um but yeah i mean i've i've talked to a lot of people um, both like, you know, still in college, um, haven't gone back, um, you know, and like in a room or anything, but, um, talked with, with professors and whatnot. I've been like, Hey man, like, listen, not personal at all, but like, there's just a pretty blatant and explicit, uh, explicit opportunity cost here. And like, <laughs> you know, like I, you shouldn't take it personally, but like, you know, the price of college last year for me was, I don't know, like freaking one or two Bitcoin or whatever it was. And what is it now? <laughs> you yeah. know, or like there for one year, right? Like then the year before that it was multiple and like, and what is it going to be in 10 years? Like less than a, a million sats or whatever the hell it is. Right. Like, and so yeah. um, that house you're going to buy. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so like, you know, I mean, I think I would have without Bitcoin, I would have still kind of seen the mirage. Um, but given my path of like, you know, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. I like math. Um, always have didn't really love I took a chem class in high school didn't love it was like "Eh, I don't know if this is for me Um, so it was like all right we'll go into math and like I think kind of the sad thing about the the fiat system maybe is like there is such a lucrative or like there's such a strong incentive to be like all right like for in high school I was like all right I'm gonna go to Wall Street (laughs) you know like (laughs) I'm gonna you know investment banker and like god that sounds miserable now Mm -hmm. but I I didn't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like i was like wolf of wall street so sick the big short um like i don't know it just you know the, the some of the brightest minds because of you know and this is going deep down this kind of fiat rabbit hole but like because of the trifon dilemma because of um what the dollar and just kind of the financialization of everything has done to our economy like the brightest minds you know some of them go to engineering yeah but like many more go to financial engineering right like i'll yeah. just go you know i'll go to wall street and work on Goldman Sachs derivative desk, you know, like and, engineer and a way for me to be richer. Yeah. Like does the finance, like our financial products good. Yes. Does financial engineering actually produce any value? No. Yeah. Like, no, it doesn't. So, and so like a, a professional poker I, player provides more value to society. <laughs> yeah. Essentially it's like not negative value. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but, but like, yeah, I, I was just kind of stuck like, okay, well I'm in business and like, or, you know, studying finance and econ, like what's the path if I stay? And, you know, I, I, I probably could have gone, you know, and worked wall street or whatever in a few years. And like, you know, probably would have been done. All right. But like, you know, and I, I didn't, I didn't drop out being like, Hey, I'm going to work for a Bitcoin company. I didn't know. I was just like, all right, well screw it. We'll see. Like, see what happens. like I, I worked. Yeah. I worked for my, my dad's electrical business. And like it, to be honest, like I, I told him after I was like, Hey, I have a lot more respect for you now. Cause this sucks. Like, oh. You know, it, it's brutal. And I was like, night, I was like 19, 20 years old doing it. And I was like, I hate this. <laughs> like, um, it is brutal you know? work. It is. So I always tell people like they work so much harder than I do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds bad. Like, cause I'll sit there. So let's just like, there's this thing between, um, me and a couple movie producers where we sit there and we are like and we're the least hardest working people on set like the jobs <laughs> everyone else is doing is so hard like I couldn't do that like because there's electricians there's you know everything like, and they're carrying like heavy shit everywhere and like we're just sitting there like like oh man that looks tough sorry like, <laughs> you know but that's specifically yeah. so if anybody feels like I'm a jerk for saying that I literally that was my story. I told it on Daniel Prince's podcast, but that's uh, that's what got me out of doing what I was doing in the movie industry because I saw my producer friend sitting there doing nothing in a heated tent while I was freezing my ass off on my feet all day, like carrying shit everywhere. And I was like, I want to do what that guy does. That looks a lot better. Um, so I asked him, I said, how, do I do, how do I do that? Um, and uh, but yeah, so so your dad you worked for his electrical company and you're like oh my god like this is this is how you put a roof over our head this is amazing yeah i mean like you know he i've i'm in like super super good spot like you know never never grew up like needing uh, food food on the plate at night and like because of that i'm i'm super grateful but like it was it was kind of eye opening i was like damn like you've been doing this for 30 years and like yeah like 
you know, like as the owner of a, of a small, small business, right? Like there are lower guys like me last year who do like a lot of the dirty work, but still like, you know, like going and getting down on a concrete cold floor in the middle of Vermont winter and like putting in outlets is like super shitty, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and like, not a it, life of luxury. No. And like when you, you know, if you're like, you know, self-employed or whatever, like it, it pays well. Like, I mean, um, you know, there's, I think the average age for like a, a trades worker, at least where I'm from is like 56, 57 or something. So like there's, there's demand. Like I, I have a ton of respect for, and I met a couple of them last year of kids that are like 18 and like reject the status quo and are like, Hey, I'm just going to go get my electrical license or like plumber's license. And like, I've met a couple of them, like 22 year olds who are making six figures, you yeah. know, and they're, and they're plumbers and all of their like yuppie friends are like, haha, you loser, like you plumber, or like, not explicitly like that, but they'll like crack jokes. And I'm like, dude, like this kid has he's this so kid's far ahead of you. grand and has, has a his own business and has a positive net worth. And you are sitting with $175,000 in negative net worth. Like, <laughs> you know, like what does that say about you, man? Like not that kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I, the price of college, what is it now for like, I'll give you like to contrast what it is now in the year 2000, my brother went to this private school the like the one I mentioned that I went to for a year and it was like 20 grand to go there. And that was like mind blowing. That was like, Oh my God, $20,000 for four or no, it was 20 grand a year. Yeah. But like, you know, it was like, Oh my God, $80,000 to go to college. That's, that's insane. And by the time I started there four years later, it was 24,000. And it was like, what is going on? This is so expensive. Like I, that would be cheap, right? Nowadays. Yeah. So I think the, I just looked it up. Um, the tuition for like public public uh, college is 27,000 and then private's 32, but that's just tuition. So then like, so, last yeah, that year, doesn't like, cover room and board and everything. Like, yeah, I was like, I was a good student. Like I, I didn't pay much. I paid like pennies for tuition, but I, I lived there cause I wanted to, you know, live the life. I wanted to like mm-hmm. be in, in school and this was before, like, like after COVID, you know, remote's more of an option, but like, you couldn't like not live on campus, you know, like yeah. you had to live in the dorms. And so um, for me, like the, what is it? 80% of the cost was food, room and board. And like the, which I didn't account for the thousand dollars of textbooks that I bought that we never opened. They're like, Oh, go yep. buy these five books. I'm like, I'm like, all right, go to the library. I'm like this macro econ textbook that we opened twice for a study guide is 270 bucks. Like, are you kidding me? It's, it's, it's robbery. Like it's, oh, it's, it's insane. You know what I did was I, a life hack I did was I bought the teacher's edition off of the internet. <laughs> so you can like have all the answers and not to like cheat just to like, I could sit there and be like, I like to, I like to look through problems and understand how it was figured out. And then, and then I can, then from there on, it's like, I get it. You know what I mean? Like where, when they try to teach you like to go through the process, like it's easier for me to watch somebody have a solved equation and look at it and figure out how they did that. And then I can just apply that going forward. Um, So with teachers, it was frustrating. They wouldn't do that. So I just bought the teacher handbook and it was like, or like the teacher edition. And it was, I mean, like a 10th of the cost and yeah, because who's gonna buy that book? Um, and uh, mm-hmm. 
I had a friend too that won he won free books for a year by and this while he was like hammered and it was at a basketball game for the school and he made he sunk a half court shot like he just got randomly picked out of the student section and i'm like oh my god his name literally was tang like that's what he went by was tang and we're like there's no way tang is gonna make the like the ball anywhere close to the hoop because he was just you know had been drinking enough and like and he just gets up there and and just hurls the ball and like drains it and everybody you know he was like ah running around everybody but yeah i told him i was like dude you actually saved so much money by getting free books like that that's such a hidden cost in college and like you said you never even use them right no barely i mean like the the thing is now with like college it's like it's on quizlet or like you know it's like it's like it's on like chegg or any of these websites like they use the same test every year too you know so like you're 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 doing this study guide or like this oh chapter 12 through 17 test today and like you look up blah 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 book chapter 12 17 test and like the study guide comes up that's like from the book you know like that, that goes back to what we were talking earlier like there's these walled gardens of information and institutions and all this shit and like the internet and everything else is going the completely opposite direction. And for, and for some, like, you know, for some reason, they've somehow been able to hold on. They've somehow been able to like keep the mirage going. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, so, uh, so when did you get into Bitcoin or when did you first hear about it? Like did this, did Bitcoin spring your college freedom or vice versa, or was it kind of all the same, you know, I mean, for you, you could have heard about Bitcoin when you were like 13. So I'm sure, you know. Yeah. Um, I first heard about Bitcoin or not even Bitcoin, but I first heard about crypto um, literally at the top of uh, 2017 when mm-hmm. my, my cousin was involved. Um, or I guess I heard a little bit before, but didn't know, didn't even care to know. Um, and my cousin put a couple hundred bucks into altcoins on this shady exchange in like October. <laughs> and he put like 300 bucks and bought like Divix and a bunch of hot garbage. And like, I think like 50 X in like two months, like, and, and it was just in like, he had like tens of thousands of dollars of like hot garbage. And like, um, <laughs> it was like telling every, everybody in my fan in our family is like, dude, like, I don't even know, but like, it's going up like crazy. And I think, um, some of my family bought like, like hot garbage ICOs with like a hundred bucks or something. And like, oh. and they were like, Oh, what happened? And they're like, what happened to them? Like n- not like any meaningful amount of money. And it was like, Oh, like it literally went to zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he, no, he never gone. cashed out. No. And uh, I mean, so funny enough, like I think three, four five, six months later, like I'm, I'm starting to, I figured out like, all right, I'm going to go finance, going to go econ um or just business major i like numbers and how old are you at this point seven seven, uh, so at the at the time the 2017 bubble um i'm 16 um okay so yeah you're getting towards the end of college or high school figuring out where you're gonna go yeah and i think my, my junior year um in 2018 i'm like all right well let's try to figure this out and i start reading up on like uh, value investing. I literally like, all right, best investors ever. And it was like Warren Buffett. I'm like, all right, what does Warren Buffett know? And they start reading and start doing more of this stuff and like learning about like stock markets and, and yada, yada. Um, and I think, I think like late 2018, I text my, 
my cousin. I'm like, Hey, like crypto, what is it? Like, you know, like I know you were really into it earlier. Um, and like had coin market cap. And I was like looking at all this madness and all these, you know, all the green and red all over the street and all these candles, like I, what is going on here? Um, and he was, and he like, you know, gave me a little bit of a rundown, but I just, luckily, like I had a Twitter account, um, that I hadn't used for anything. Like no one uses Twitter for social media, especially my age. Um, and I just use it to follow news or whatever. And I like, I, I stumbled upon like the maximalist crowd early, like very, I mean, luckily or not luck skill, I don't know. Um, but started to slowly just like lurk, you know, like crypto Twitter, what is this Bitcoin? Um, and I start the like the day I turned 18, like spring of uh, 2019, um, I had started to really like really learn about it and was was kind of at the tip of the rabbit hole. Um, and that was like right at the bottom of 20 of the bear market. It was like mm. my 18th birthday. I think like two weeks later, I made a purchase at 3000, a couple hundred bucks. I was oh, like, nice. all right, like, and, and then nice. I watch it like in three months, four X and I'm like, what the hell is it? Like, <laughs> I need to learn. Like, I need to, one, I need to buy more. And two, like, what is going on? And at the same time, I'm still like, I'm, I'm not orange filled by any means, but I'm like really interested in the stock market, really interested in the economy and finance and investing. And, you know, I have Robin Hood and I'm like, you know, buying Apple stock because I think I'm savvy. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah. and I, I really like at the same time as I'm, I'm figuring out what Bitcoin is, like, I'm trying, I'm, I'm learning about central banking and Keynesian economics and, and all of this stuff. Like, and I, and that, you know, further went on into school and then dived deeper into it all. But like, I, I was coming from, you know, I didn't have any like pre like knowledge beforehand. I had no background to kind of, or like indoctrination really. It was just like a blank slate. And so it was like, all right, well, Bitcoin, like, you know, wall street Keynesian central banking, like, why does a man go up on stage, Jerome Powell, and say a thing, and the market whipsaws either direction? Like, what? Why? You know? Yeah. What's like, what's the coming cause? Coming from an eighteen-year-old, like, why? Why? Why does the Fed? Why does some institution, you know, cutting uh, the cost of capital? Why does it like so good or so bad? Like, and so it, and obviously, you know those answers, but like, from an eighteen-year-old when that knows nothing, what makes more sense? Like digital currency that no one controls in software. Okay. It makes sense. Like you can get into the nuances, which I have over the last year or two of like how it actually works and what running a node means and all this little stuff, but like, all right, old white men in, in suits or software, like what makes sense? Okay. Software, duh, mm -hmm. like hard cap, duh, like all these things, like it just, <laughs> and the more and more I learned about it, I was like, all right, like there's just, there's no comparison. There's like, what, like, why would I, ever want this this alternative system that so many people are dying to defend right like this this mm -hmm. fiat this fiat game and so um i continued to kind of i hung out on twitter a lot during my my uh year at school and i actually towards the end of it um kind of january february um i spent more time on twitter and listening to podcasts and reading book recommendations um from twitter than i did studying uh and COVID came, they sent us home and they said, because of the stress and yada, yada, you can, you can pass or fail any class. And I was like, all right, P, 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 passed all <laughs> my classes, didn't pay attention once after I got home. I was like, had like boomers on zoom talking to me about nonsense. Um, and so like I, from then on, it was just kind of self-taught and, uh, 
while, while I was working. Um, you know, it's basically it was electrical work slash, um, we, we also have like a maple sugaring operation, um, that, that we own. And so I would do that and tap trees and whatever. And at the same time, like listen to literally eight hours of podcasts a day. And so yeah. did that until, uh, I like CK from Bitcoin magazine hit me up and like, January, February, March or something. And I was like, Hey man, you want to, I don't really know what you can do, but you want to join our media team? And I was like, sure. Like I'll, and I started part-time there and uh, you know, now we're here. So it's been, been a ride. Wow. Wow. And, uh, and so I, I was going to ask, since you were in Vermont, eventually I was going to ask about maple syrup. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you have to do that. I assume if you live in Vermont, like you just go outside, right. And like, you rip a branch off a tree and it just comes pouring out. Like, how does that work? Yeah, that's, that's how it works. <laughs> um, yeah, we have, we have a good, we have like a couple hundred acres, um, near, near J peak. Um, and so we, my dad, um, he kind of, he had a deer camp for the longest time. Um, and we didn't do that. And it was, I think after the weight recession, um, we just kind of like pinched, got yeah, hit hard, the electrical business, every, every contractor and all that canceled and they're like, all right, well, like we need to figure something out. Uh, that's when he kind of, um, decided like, Hey, well, we're sitting on all this, on all these trees and we're doing nothing with it. Like, let's figure it out. Um, and so started doing that, um, and have gotten a little bit bigger every single year. Um, I think, I think last year I I probably did half or like did a quarter of them, but we have like 12,000 taps. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a pretty solid operation. Um, and I, I don't know if it's working now, but on our website, we, I did set up a BTC pay server, uh, to sell some, some liquid gold for digital gold. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Well, that, I'm sure that maple syrup is amazing too. Um, and you, I mean, you literally just, you tap into a maple tree, right. And it like just starts how long, like how much comes out, how quickly, how long does it take? Yeah. So it basically, like you tap into a maple tree and it gives you like sugar water. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, depends on the tree, depends on the, the time and the season, but about 40 gallons of that sugar water boiled down is maple syrup. Um, and so, I mean, there's like, there's other, like you don't just boil it the whole time. It's pretty energy intensive, but you take like, um, there's like reverse osmosis machines, which remove a ton of the water. And then we, um, you know, you, you boil it down, but essentially you could take, this sap out of a tree and if you boil it down long enough it's literally just brown maple sugar um so wow yeah i think i think maple syrup is like 65 percent uh water i believe um but it's yeah. just condensed basically yep wow um well that's man so you guys have land up there i didn't know you could own land in vermont since it's such a small state <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do, we do you do own like a land. quarter of the state you own like yeah, a, basically <laughs> hundred uh, acres. Yeah. So you're living the Citadel life already then. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, if, if it gets like, so I live in, in Burlington, um, which is a city, you know, I, I, people in Burlington call it a city. It's not a city. It's like, I don't know, around the area. It's probably, I think the County I live in has like 200,000 people and Vermont as a state has like 600,000. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty small, but, um, you know, if it goes to, goes to hell here, I mean, I think Burlington's kind of on its path over the next decade to turn into like a, a mini Portland, unfortunately. Um, you know, I didn't, didn't talk about this earlier in the interview, but like a lot of the, there's a lot of 
communist, uh, not propaganda, but like commie vibes at school, like super liberal. Um, you know, I'm not not even talking about liberal in terms of like you vote Biden. Like, I don't care, man. But like, just in terms of like, like green new deal and we need this. And, and like people are like, you know, sleeping on the streets in front of street stores and, and like, you know, the, the, the store owners are like, Hey, like, can we get these people to move? And then like, we have a thousand students from our school, like sign something to boycott the businesses that were like trying to sign a law that like <laughs> homeless people can't sleep outside. And like, it's just like stuff like that. I'm like, Oh gosh, like this is probably going to turn ugly over the next decade. Like, you know, like yeah. there's like rent moratoriums and people are like protesting that there's literally like a, a subset of people at the school that were like in a park and they're saying like, abolish land uh abolish what is it called um landlords and i was like how wait what what are you gonna what do you mean abolish like what does that even like explain this more than the sign you're holding up yeah like and there's no reasoning with people like that it's just like all right yeah abolish i'm sure like okay now what i know i know and it's like it's almost like uh like social darwinism like you know where hopefully what i'm hoping for is that like these people that like because you look at them and you go that makes no sense and it's not going to work and no matter how much you explain it to them it won't make sense to them or they won't hear you out so they're just going to do what they're going to do so what's going to happen is they're going to all move and just be governed as hard as they can be they're going to be sitting there like govern me harder daddy you know like i want i want to be governed as hard as possible i don't want any freedoms i don't want to make my own choices i just want to sit here and binge netflix while you you know feed me through a tube or something like that's where it'll go for them and then like the rest of us in the world will be like hey we're having like a really good time like you know making our own decisions and you know like uh living uh and and like i because i'm in pennsylvania so i hate to think of ever leaving pennsylvania um but I don't know. We're kind of at a tipping point here. Like, we're gonna see. Um, been keeping me up at night. These potential restrictions. Um, and uh, and we'll see. We we did vote in Pennsylvania in May. They put on the ballot that because before the governor could go um, emergency his emergency uh, declaration or whatever lasted for ninety days, and he could extend it in perpetuity without anyone questioning him. So that's what mm. we were living under. Um, and then in May, we had during one of the elections, they put on the, a, an amendment to the Constitution of Pennsylvania that uh, now he can only do it for 21 days. And then in order for him to extend it, he has to get like both houses to agree and which would never happen. So, <laughs> um, so basically it's down to 21 days. And I hope that's what I'm just curious, like, they you know there's rumors floating out there of like more lockdowns it's like all right pennsylvania show me what you got because i'm a free agent like we hate to think that way we really do you know me and my wife haven't even gone that far down that road of like would we actually leave the state um but uh we do know one thing for sure is that we are not going to live somewhere that's a terrible place for our kids to grow and um so yeah so it's a it, the ball's in pennsylvania's court um, but there's other places out there. Like I've seen um, some people saying New Hampshire, which is right next to you. Like what's the, I'd, I'd never expected New Hampshire to be recommended as a freedom state. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, they have a, their, their slogan is like live free or die. Um, and I, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and they have, I think, I, I don't believe they have income tax, which is awesome. Um, nice. And they have a couple, you know, I think there was like, there's like a very like niche libertarian community in New Hampshire. Um, mm-hmm. They tried to start like a crypto haven, whatever, a while back. I don't know what, you know, how that's going. Um, but, you know, like I, this area in general is pretty beautiful. Like, like Vermont, New Hampshire, Vermont is, you know, far more liberal politically. Um, there is definitely income tax. Um, but, you know, maybe New Hampshire. Um, I mean, personally, I would like I've never lived anywhere else but Vermont, but probably probably somewhere south this decade. Um, you know, it's kind of trendy, but like, I think the U S is kind of at a tipping point here where we're having, you know, the States are are kind of because of the federal government's like not lack of control, but because we have state rights, there's, Mm -hmm. there's kind of a, you know, a split down the road and, you know, we're, you're going to have some States go the way of New York and New York city who literally impose vaccine passports more or less today. Right. And then you're going to have people like, or States like Texas and, uh, and Florida, they're like, no, you're free to do what you want. We're not locking down. This is a total, this is a total joke. Like lock, lock down for what, for this disease and ignore all of their costs. Right. And like send people to like through poverty because of a virus that no one really getting sick from like, what? Mm-hmm. Like I, this is, this has been, like, if you haven't been somewhat, you know, red pilled, if you want to call it that over the last year, then like, you know, I don't want to say it, but like, there's not much hope for you. You know, like if you still are like, Hey, like, you know, govern me harder, daddy, like kind of a joke, yeah. but like, if you still have a lot of trust in, in government, you know, and, and their ability to do what's quote unquote best for you, like, like all of the people like, so for, you know, I'll, one second. So, you know, social media is like a huge thing and, 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 you know, or like Instagram, whatever, for like my age group, Gen Z, right? Like everybody mm-hmm. is all over that. And, and more or less, especially around elections and all that, it turns into political shit, you know, oh, political yeah. cesspool. It's, it's just awful. Disgusting. I mean, same with, with everybody with Facebook and, you know, I, like I don't go on Facebook, but um, it's- You probably never like had a Facebook account because you're that young. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. cool anymore. I mean, thankfully. Um, but I mean, we're kind of this, this native- you know, social media, digital generation, like, like, I don't, I don't remember MySpace. Like I don't, right. Like yeah. we all basically more or less like my generation grew up with iPhones in high school. That was like kind of the first, you know, more mm-hmm. or less, like we were like the first kind of to go through that. And so like everybody's digitally native and around, um, around the elections, it got super ugly for anybody that was a Trump supporter. Like, like, I'm, I'm not on there posting about Trump. I'm there posting about Bitcoin. But like, if mm-hmm. you weren't like a liberal Biden stand, then like you were like literally like in some cases, and I'm from a liberal state, so it's not like this everywhere, but like you were canceled. You were like, yeah. you know, like, oh, he's a bad, he's, that person's racist. Okay, why are they racist? Oh, they don't like Biden? What? Yeah. Well, it's Biden or Trump. Well, well, yeah, they're the two candidates, but Biden's a bumbling idiot. Oh, but you know, it, you know, this is the most important election of our life. Like, okay. So make it to January and like, there's this quote unquote insurrection, uh, you know, overthrow democracy because a couple of rednecks wore cowboy hats and to Congress and the mall cops that were like ushered them in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It was it was the biggest shit show ever the next day on social media, like in schools. There was like oh, okay. like live in Vermont, like there's there hasn't been a, a, a violent crime here like since I don't know when. And there's like there's like protest in, in the, like in the streets and people are like chanting this and that. And then what happened yesterday? I don't even know if it's been passed, but like there's a $1.2 trillion stimulus or infrastructure package with like the biggest corporate loot fest ever, right? Like yeah. all these insiders just, you know, basically granting themselves money, like bipartisan, absolute vomit of a bill. No one says anything because like it, like they don't even know. It's like CNN's like, this is good. And they're like, this yeah. is good. They just like, shake their, oh good. yeah. The, this N- is the good, NPC yeah. meme. It's like, the, yep. It's like, they say it's good. Okay. This is good. And like, for me, I, like, I feel somewhat like not alienated, but like, I just, I just can't do it. Like I can't, I, I can't, I find myself at parties, like not, you know, not at like parties, but like social gatherings Oh yeah. and, yeah. and people are talking about politics or like, you know, they're like, Oh, what, what did Kamala say? And I'm like, you think Kamala Harris matters at yeah. all? Like where, what, like, <laughs> what yeah you think these people actually change your like life i want to i want to ask you because i know we're getting close to the amount of a lot of time we scheduled do you have to run or we could go down this rabbit hole and i want to get your market prediction like market discussions as well but i can go to like 120 so sorry i've been going on a tangent but (laughs) no 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 that's okay i just wanted to make sure if you had a hard out um that we uh we got because yeah i mean i I agree with you like where it's just like like i the veil has been lifted for me completely. Uh, it had been a while. What was that for you? Um. Uh, well, I believed for a while that neither party—they weren't two parties. I believed that it was we were there were they were working on the same side and they were against us. Basically, is what I had come to. Um, and then the. And I'm not like sitting here saying like, oh, there was voter fraud and all that kind of stuff. But um, the way that it was, the way that everything was handled was alarming through the media. Like with the way that like they just quickly ushered in like, yep, yep, they won, you know, like hurry up. And like, you know, it was this like statewide branding that like there was no possible way it was another conclusion whenever before they kept saying, oh, Russia, 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 you know, and it's like this is really odd and and then you start to like peel back the layers and you're like huh like because i'm not a trump supporter but i'm like this is the first guy that wasn't bought and paid for huh okay yeah and then you're like oh he didn't start any wars oh he was against china hmm yeah uh and like and then you get to that uncomfortable feeling of like Oh my God. And it's just this sense of disillusionment where you're just like, this isn't what I thought it was. Like it's no. And I, I posted them. Uh, I posted the gif yesterday. I don't know if you've ever seen Jurassic park since it came out like eight years before you were born. But, uh, but the um, Jeff Goldblum, whenever the T-Rex is coming out, you know, he's the one that like, he was the chaos theory, you know, mathematician. And he was like, you know, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this, creating dinosaurs. This is bad, blah, blah, blah. And then when the T-Rex like breaks loose, he's just like looking out the windshield and he's like, oh God, I hate always being right, you know? And like, that's literally how I felt 
since um since March of 2020 was I I told my wife I said I'm all for two weeks to slow the spread give the hospitals a chance to get ready because we don't know what's going to happen I said the problem is and I mean I literally said this to her I said is that they will never let that power go I was like and here we are in effing August of 2021 and they're talking about locking down whenever I know of a handful of people who've gotten the virus. And don't get me wrong, it's it's a real virus that people can get and get sick from. Yeah. Yeah. My parents got it. Yeah. But um, and I've only heard of somebody that passed away secondhand. Um, but they were also somebody that was like in their 70s and had diabetes. Um, so it, you know, it's just like I saw this statistic the other day that said that the average age of or like the survival or the death rate is like 0.03%. And the average age of death is 81. Um, Older than the, the average aver- life expectancy. Yeah. So you yeah. probably saw the same thing. It's like the average life expectancy is 78. It's like, so you mean to tell me that I have a better, I have a chance of living longer if I get COVID. <laughs> like, I mean, not that that's what that means. It's just, so yeah. yeah. So like all those things, because it's not, you know, and I say all these things and it's probably going to get a bunch of three letter organizations that are going to like follow me now and stuff like that, uh, that, uh, you know, want to track me down, but it's not, it's not, I've learned over the years, it's not one way or the other. It's not, it's not going to be complete totalitarian, totalitarian lockdown, but it's not going to be the like, you know, pure free. It's going to be somewhere in the middle. It's always somewhere in the middle. So like, you know, with the election fraud where it's like it no it wasn't was it completely flat out stolen and our votes don't mean anything no but was it completely clean no like it's it's somewhere in the middle um but uh you know things like and then you read like the gladstein articles and you realize like oh shit um george bush was bought and paid for you know I have a buddy of mine. He was like, you gotta be, he's like, you can't tell me that over like other than Obama over a like 30 year period, the only people qualified for president were a husband and a wife and a father and son. Like what are like, that's a joke (laughs) since 1988 to 2016. Like it's either Hillary or bill or George or George W. It's like, that's a joke. And, um, and so whenever you start to piece all these things together, and I'm just at this point now where like, I don't know if you feel this way, but like I like have fully understood. I've spent the last year and a half trying to under like peel back all the layers, find truth and keep digging and digging, and digging. And it feel it feels uncomfortable at times. I mean, there's, I don't know if you're a Christian or anything, but like, I mean, I'm, I'm a Catholic and you know, Jesus says something about like, you know, if you look, for, if you seek for truth, you might not like what you find on the way there, you know, like, and it's uncomfortable, but then when you get to a level of peace with it, where you're like, it's freeing on the other end where you're like, wait a minute, these people don't control my life. Like I don't like, you know, I mean, like, I'm not going to attack anybody. I'm not going to do anything bad. I'm just going to live my life. Like if I want to get a plot of land and just live, I can do that. And I'm fine. You know, it, it doesn't matter what politicians say or what they do. Um, so yeah, I've kind of, escaped that i don't know if that's where you're at now or yeah it was 20 2020 was like a bit like 
I was I was stumbling down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, but I wasn't red pilled. Like you know, there's like orange pilled is like you know becoming kind of a Bitcoiner. Red pilled is kind of like you know taking the veil off and and looking at the like political establishment and all these things that like you kind of you know are like normal accepted like you know like vote your vote matters you know like all this stuff that was like that was for me kind of what happened last year like covid came around i was i was like lurking on twitter and like seeing all this crazy which i now think is probably a psyop happened in china where like oh yeah definitely dead people are dropping dead and like they're they're welding doors closed in february and like and I'm kind of thinking of it from like a financial markets lens. So I'm like, holy shit, like China's a billion person nation and they just locked down. And like the NASDAQ's at all time highs. Like what is, what is happening? This is backwards. And then yeah. it, it just didn't make sense. And so like, you know, I made, made a good amount of money, like, like, you know, buying putts or shorting it or whatever, but like that, that's kind of irrelevant. It was just like, wait, so nobody cares about COVID. And so for me, it just kind of my natural, like, maybe I'm somewhat of a contrarian, but for me, I was like, I was like, I didn't end up ordering them, but I was looking at masks on Amazon in February. I was like, Oh God, this is bad. And then it was like, all right, March comes, April comes. And then we get some data back and it was like, all right. So, I mean, even if the CDC is lying or not, like, it's not that bad, you know, like at 20 years old, like I'm healthy, I'm athletic. I don't, you know, I I don't face any, any worries. Yeah. There's no fear for you. I lived with my parents when they both had COVID and like, you know, I, I didn't, you know, give them a hug, but like, whatever if i get it like okay so be it and then as the months dragged on it was like oh my god like this is just it's like the worst the worst pandemic of our time and blah blah and it was like no it's not it's just it's literally not and i see people i see people wearing masks like in vermont still and not as much but like people wearing masks sitting in a park alone and i was just like i've seen people driving their car by themselves wearing a mask like i and and just kind of seeing how people were toyed with during the election and all this stuff, like I'm so glad I just I, I I woke up. I was like, all right, these guys don't matter, and like they're playing for the same team. And ultimately, like that the people calling the shots are the people that I and you and I probably don't know what their names are. I mean, maybe we oh, know yeah. some of them, but like that I read like the creature from Jekyll Island, and I was like, holy shit! I was like. central banks like and and maybe some of it's conspiracy theory but it's like basically like these globalist organizations through um influence and and political like you know connectedness control the world and people would be like no that's such a conspiracy yeah it's like no it's not it's just it's 100 (laughs) percent not and like waking up to that and then realizing like okay so i was getting this bitcoin thing but now i got it like this like for me i'm 20 years old I'm going to bet everything and more on Bitcoin because if it fails, like if Bitcoin doesn't work out and I think that there's a high probability it does, but if it doesn't, then like, you know, for better or worse, I'm fucked anyway. So like, you know, like, like not just me, but everybody, like if if this, this, this like, you know, symbol of freedom and, and just Liberty in the digital age, like if this doesn't work well, then, you know, we're screwed anyway. So I'm going to go all in. I'm going to go all in socially economically you know like everything i'm just like all the chips in the middle because uh i want freedom and there isn't really another way to kind of express that like i was i was telling people i wore my shirt on november 3rd when everyone's voting and like oh did you vote did you vote what do you what do you think and i told them like i'm not voting 
but I, I bought more Bitcoin today and I wore my shirt like conservative, libertarian, liberal, like all crossed out. And it was like Bitcoiner. They're like, what is that? Like, what? why are you even wearing that? Like, what does that even mean? And I was like, it's our only hope for change. And like, that's obviously not a five minute convo, but like, oh, I know, people, I know people would people look at me like I had three heads. Yeah, it's really hard for people to like accept that because it is, you know, like whenever somebody goes like, oh, why Bitcoin? And I'm like, well, do you want me to really get into it? Because it's going to take about an hour and a half um, and I'm just going <laughs> to scratch the surface. But like I had a conversation. I can't remember if I said this on the podcast before, but I had a conversation with somebody that um, she, you know, was uh, she hadn't seen. She was this lady that knew my parents hadn't seen me when I was since I was like four. And to just in the short conversation, she's talking about stocks and everything. And she's like, you into stocks? And I was like, oh, I'm Bitcoin. And she was like, uh, and I was like, yeah, just sitting there okay. like, um, okay. And so I'm like, she just kept going like, well, how much? And I was like, I mean, literally everything. I was like, it's, I was like, she was like, I was over hundred percent of my net worth. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, 401k. Everything is cashed out. I was like, I literally, it's not even a bet in my mind. It is a certainty that it is going to continue to consume and, and absorb, you know, so that, I mean, you don't put more money in than you can afford to lose. And like, if you need rent, you know, like you have to have a fiat life where you pay for your mortgage, you pay for everything like that exists. So I'm not saying like, take that, don't pay for stuff. But I was like, yeah, all the money that I'm not going to touch for like 30 years, I was like, I'm 35. So if I want to retire when I'm 60, I was like, is Bitcoin going to be more or less valuable in 25 years? Like not even close, not even close. So, but yeah. she was just like, when I, she like asked, like she wanted the details and basically got to the point of like, she was like, so like everything is like a farce economically. And I was like, basically like, <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you, but that's how it is. Um, well, do you have do you have time to do a little bit of market stuff? Uh, yeah, dude, let's do it. Um, so, market wise, what are we looking at? Because um, right now, I haven't I haven't checked the number in a couple hours, so God knows what are we at right now. Do you have it up? Uh, I think we're at thirty eight two. Okay, we were up to forty two over the weekend. Um, and I usually do these releases once a week, but I'll probably put it out this out as soon as possible, just because I'm sure people want a market outlook. Um, so uh, what do you see going on right now? You know, we had the, the big, you know, you and Will are like the whiz kids for on-chain analytics <laughs> and understanding everything. So tell, tell me what you see going on. Yeah, I mean, the past couple of months have been kind of boring price action wise. Um, but basically like the trend since 2020 has been like, you know, to put it simply like massive amount of accumulation, like it just like you can, you can kind of see, um, and some of it's like, um, glass node, like doing some heuristics or clustering, but for the most part, you, what you see is just like a massive amount of coins, um, like hundreds of thousands of them being put away just by strong hands. So like, you know, it, and they classify this as like liquid or e-liquid supply, um, where you have basically it's like 14 million Bitcoin, um, and, and, some of these are changing obviously, but like 14 million Bitcoin and basically only going up over time are, are considered e-liquid. So like they haven't moved in like 155 days and they use this 155 day threshold because statistically um, it's kind of interesting. Like the Bitcoin UTXO set, there's like this uh, 
probability curve of like if these coins are spent again and at you know after if the coins moved it's like very 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 likely that the next hour it's moved again um mm -hmm. but as the next hour goes by and the next day and the next day and the next day there's you know there's a less and less likely chance that um they are moved or spent um and so at 155 days the probability that um and i don't know off the top of my head but the probability that these coins are moved again um in the future is is very um it's it's like not as likely um so they classify the uh illiquid and liquid supply using this and so um, basically we see like this massive amount of coins becoming illiquid over time um throughout 2020 um and there was a, this a little bit of a reversal in march of 2020 but for the most part, that market crashed from like eight to 3.8 or 4K or whatever it was on different exchanges. That was like all derivatives, right? Like mm -hmm. you had the, the legacy system blow up. And that Sunday before, I think it was like March 12th, uh, maybe March 13th, that Sunday, but like the mon that Monday, the legacy system opened up limit down uh, and like the bond market, the treasury market like caught no bid on one of these contracts. But like um, Bitcoin that Sunday before sniffed it out and like just got absolutely nuked. It was like 50%. Um, some of that was like coins moving, but for the most part, that was derivatives. And for the next, and what it, was it like? What is a derivative for those that are maybe too stupid to know? <laughs> yeah. So derivative is, comes, from the word, <laughs> comes from the word derived. So essentially it's just, yeah. it's a bet on a certain outcome. So Bitcoin's 38.2,000 uh, right now. I can say, hey, um, I think Bitcoin's going to be 70,000 next January. And you say, well, I don't, or, or you know, you thinking that 70,000 isn't going to happen. We can, we can, for January of 2022, we can sell a contract on where the Bitcoin price is going to be. So you can say, I don't think it's going to be there. I'm going to sell you Bitcoin at 70,000 next January and I can buy that contract. Um, so that's just one example of a derivative. Um, and you get it you know, like futures. at a premium, like you get a, you know, basically at the price it is now or so like meaning um it's essentially derivatives are just like a bet on an outcome of another thing so okay so we're talking so about it has nothing that you're not owning where... bitcoin at that time you're just betting on the price of bitcoin well so we're like with a futures contract never mind bitcoin say it's like oil right so futures mm -hmm. contracts are, are good because they can they can um they, they make a market between buyers and sellers into the future so if you're a producer of anything um, a lot of, a lot of things like your, your revenue, your profitability, your expenses can be pretty variable. So futures are, are good because I can, you know, as a, say an oil producer, I can sell a barrel of oil now in like 20, in like March of 2024, and I can sell it at a price and I can lock in that revenue. And so futures are, are good because I can promise, I can promise like oil is, I don't even know off the top of my head, like 60 bucks right now. And I can be like, Hey, in 2024, I'll sell you a barrel of oil. I will deliver it to you for 80 bucks. And so you can buy that. So you're, you're buying the barrel of oil and I'm selling it. So Bitcoin works the same where there, there is now a pretty, pretty developed and liquid and growing um, futures curve for Bitcoin. And so that is, that is what's considered a derivative, derivatives market. And there's all sorts mm -hmm. of different types. Um, you know, there's, there's ones that are, there's a perpetual contract, which is, um, basically using there's there's leverage you can use bitcoin as collateral or stable coins as collateral or some some exchanges you can use any sort of crypto you can long bitcoin with dogecoin as collateral with leverage like there's all sorts of these different things but um derivatives are just 
it's it's essentially it's using the Bitcoin spot price and the Bitcoin spot price is like there's a market demand for me to trade a dollar and for you to trade a Bitcoin and whatever that mm-hmm. is right now, it's 38.2, um, whatever that is from, you know, a hundred or whatever exchanges throughout the world is what it's going to be. Derivatives are just bets layered on top of that. And a lot of them have the promise to deliver Bitcoin, but um, derivatives like over the short term move price a lot. Like last July 25th on Sunday, we pumped from like 34 to 40 K. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't that we had, you know, five Michael sailors come in on Sunday and press the big green red button or the big green button. It wasn't like that. It wasn't, there, there wasn't just a massive influx of buying there. What happened was um, over the course of a month or two, there was a lot of people shorting Bitcoin and they were, they were doing it via derivatives. So okay. they were going in and they were, they were taking sometimes stable coins, sometimes Bitcoin, but for the most part, they were, they were using like Tether and they were going in on these, these futures contracts and they were using Tether as collateral and they were leverage shorting Bitcoin. So they were, they were going in and they were short selling Bitcoin that they didn't actually have. Mm. And so what we saw was on Sunday was this, this kind of relentless accumulation that had been happening. Um, and I can, I can link to you a thread that I, I put out on this, but um, mm-hmm. Because you have basically every single day, regardless of the price, you have this like Bitcoin DCA army. Um, and obviously like, you know, mine or your 50 bucks or a hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever it is, isn't going to move the price, but you have that at a global scale with a bunch of people. And as now you have institutional buyers coming in that are may or may not be dollar cost averaging positions. Um, and it eventually adds up. So this trend that happened from 2020 um, has basically went uninterrupted until May, till April or May. And we saw like a pretty big kind of reversal where we saw like 100, 200,000 Bitcoin that were liquid or that were illiquid, they were in strong hands. They kind of hit the market and, you know, that not necessarily exchanges, but they changed hands. There was, you know, and there was, you know, from when when we went from 64 to 30, there was a pretty big reversal in supply against the demand that couldn't keep up. So we kind of trended around this 30 level for a while at the same time where the, the reversal of, or where the you know, trend of, of accumulation re- reversed again in favor of the bulls, in favor of Bitcoin being taken off the market. But the market didn't react and you saw a bunch of these kind of traders come in shorting it. And they were just, you know, and, and it worked out for them for a while. We went from 40 and, and I kind of thought that 40K level after we pulled back was, was, where we were going to stop. I was like, all right, bull market, you know, we're 30% off the highs. This is, you know, this, this, this is, is probably, end. yeah. And then we, we, right. I was wrong. And, you know, luckily like I, I trade with a little bit, but like for the most part, I'm, I'm just holding in cold storage. Like I'm not leveraging my stack on a move over a one month or three month period. I don't care. Like I, this is a 10 year thing for me. Um, but we went to 30,000 um, and since then, there's just been kind of this relentless accumulation again. Um, and while, you know, all of these these derivatives traders, which can they can they can suppress price, but it's essentially like trying to hold a beach ball underwater. It's like essentially like you're just fighting gravity and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, like a, it's like a rubber band. And eventually it's, the band snaps. Um, and, and what what actually drives Bitcoin price is demand to hold the asset. And, and that has to be exchanged with with real fiat dollars like. If the Fed wanted to come in and short Bitcoin to zero, well, they they could come in with a trillion dollars and borrow a bunch of Bitcoin 
and, and short sell it. But the thing is they have to come back and cover. They have to come back and actually buy the Bitcoin back to exit the position. And so, you know, any, sure. anyone that's shorting Bitcoin over a, a large period of time, you're essentially, you're, you sell the thing to people you, that are buying it every day at, at, you know, any price. And so. So shorting it basically day. is you just um, delaying the inevitable a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, it, like, and it can be done in various ways where like, um, you know, like, so for these, these derivatives contracts, like, especially on Binance, you saw like billions of dollars of, of short selling with, with stable coin margin. So like I can, I can long Bitcoin with stable coins or Bitcoin as collateral, but doing it with Bitcoin, like longing Bitcoin with Bitcoin is kind of disadvantageous. If it's, if you see a pullback, because your position is losing value at the same time as your collateral is also losing value. So like, there's a, like, you know, it says your liquidation price is 30 K, but as the price goes down, your, your liquidation price goes up as your collateral is less and less valuable. Mm. It's kind of the same dynamic with short selling Bitcoin. If you're using stable coins as your collateral, because you're entering this contract and you can use one X leverage, or you can use 50 X leverage, meaning, the, if the price goes up or down 2%, if it goes up 2% the way that you want, you double your money. If the price goes down 2% when you're 50x levered, you're wiped out. And wow. so, <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, that big money's not doing that, but, you know, there's the, this kind of dynamic where like the price got uh, that in May 19th, when the price nuked real, real hard, what you saw was a bunch of people throughout the bull market were longing their crypto or the, in this case, Bitcoin with Bitcoin. They were super bullish. Well, they kept longing every dip, like we talked about with that 40K level. And eventually the dip wasn't a dip and it kept going. And all these people basically got wiped out because they were using Bitcoin as collateral to margin long the Bitcoin. Well, we kind of just saw the opposite last Sunday where you had a bunch of people that were shorting Bitcoin with dollars. And so as the price of Bitcoin went up, their collateral that they were using to eventually cover, meaning when you short sell, you borrow, you sell the thing to eventually buy it back. If it goes yeah. down further than you sold it at, you, you, you buy it back and you pocket the change. That's a short sell. And with a short, the max you can make is 100%. It goes to zero. Yeah. Well, the price kept going up, kept going up. And the thing that they have to cover with Bitcoin, they have to buy it back is becoming less or is becoming more and more value valuable relative to their collateral. And they have to keep posting more collateral or they get liquidated. Yes. Um, and what we saw was yet more and more shorts pile in with more and more, you know, basically with tether. Um, and eventually, and that was from the 30 K level. Um, you know, there was a massive amount of open interest on Binance, meaning like the total amount of, of, uh, you know, future and derivatives kept increasing kept for like, the whole month of, of uh, June and July, it was, it was honestly kind of, kind of crazy to look at. And all of that, or, you know, a very large part of that was just tether. It was, it was all cash margined. And if you, when you looked at Binance and like the perpetual swaps, the, that futures contract, you saw that funding was very, very, very negative. Meaning that as a, you can enter a long contract, you can be, you can be bullish and enter a derivatives contract and shorts pay you to enter it. Funding basically is a mechanism to keep the order book balanced. So if there's too many longs that all wanted long derivatives, then someone's going to, then you're going to get paid to open 
short, short positions. And so funding was severely negative at 30 K. So you had, you were get, like, you would literally get paid to open up a Binance account and margin long Bitcoin. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's advantageous for the, you know, the most bullish asset in history. And so, um, this is kind of the dynamic where the beach ball is being held under the water. You have a bunch of people that are shorting Bitcoin synthetically kind of with leverage and as spot buying is, is just hoovering up coins. And so yeah. eventually the price trended up, trended up, trended up, and they all tried to exit the, the, the burning movie theater at the same time. And it didn't happen. It, you can't, it can't work. And that's why you just, and it, you know, we saw so that. not everybody can, yeah, not everybody can post more collateral all at the same time or whatever to to, to get out yeah, or sell. Essentially, like someone got liquidated or, you know, there was or someone completely exited their position. And at that point, you know, the order like there, there's no there's no ask. Like everybody was trying to to sell to or get exit out. their position at the same time. Like the Binance uh perp contract where everyone was shorting, the market went up to 40k and that contract went up to 48k. Cause there was just oh, so yeah, many people yeah. wiped out at once. Um, you know, so yeah, that wicked up we're really kind of, high. We're kind of, we're kind of in a similar place where, um, you know, I, I think that there's, there's not a, I mean, maybe we trend back to, to 30. I don't think so, but we're not in a, a position where we're going to, we're going to see a, some leverage blow up. Um, we're pretty, pretty healthy spot. Um, and we're just still seeing this kind of under the surface, regardless of price, we're seeing this, this massive accumulation on chain where, and, and people were given like, especially Will, my buddy, um, we talk a lot over the phone. He was getting a lot of hate. Cause he was like, he was like, guys, this is bullish as hell. This is bullish as hell. And the price was like doing nothing or going down. And mm-hmm. people were like, what do you mean, man? And he's like, like, dude, the data is here, like supply and demand, it's going to snap. And like, it was true. And so we're kind of seeing that same thing. We're like, do I know where the price is going next week? No, next month even no. But like, you know, if this continues, which I suspect it will, um, kind of on the backs of continued money printing and this kind of great monetary experiment we're in, we're, we're literally in like the craziest monetary experiment ever. And so the insurance policy on the whole thing is Bitcoin uh, and more and more people are starting to realize that. And so, you know, um, long term is only really one way to be. And that's, and that's bullish. Okay. So we're still in a bull market and in all the trend, I mean, you know, like you said, you don't know where it goes, but do you think we retest, go down to 30 again? Or do you, th- or do you think we have something that makes it explode up to 50 or what yeah, would it take, I, mean, I guess, to explode up to 50 and, you know, or lose resistance? Yeah, I think um, there's a chance here, you know, a 38, I don't know. Um, but that we see, you know, there was big buyers for sure. Um, and so, a lot of these, like whether it's funds or, you know, public companies, which maybe I doubt, but um, they're going to be some sort of announcements um, at some point. And, and, and whether, you know, like there was, there was big, big buying at, at 28, 29, 30. Um, and like, like there was a ton of volume spot, spot exchanges, especially like Coinbase and stuff. So these guys that these big money managers that, um, you know, kind of, got the thesis in 2021 like they've been we've been pushing at home digital gold it's this hedge it's you know qe all this stuff you need some bitcoin well they don't like big money that you know like 100 billion dollar hedge funds don't like buying an asset that's getting bid to all hell in their face you know like they don't yeah like ray dalio doesn't want to buy bitcoin at 64k 
Um, and so, especially when like, when any buy that would be meaningful for them moves the market. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that the catalyst is one an an ETF would be huge and that's probably unfortunately going to have to wait till 2022. Um, but until then, um, probably an institutional announcement would be, would be pretty big, you know, to kind of some, some other catalyst, like similar to like Tesla, when they announced there was this huge, huge candle. I think we might see something similar where these guys that acquired 28, 30, 35, if we get to 45, um, they're, they're going to announce, you know, they, they don't want to announce they bought at 38 when they, when the price is 38 or 37 yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, not everybody's Michael Saylor, unfortunately. And just announces it ahead of time. And yeah, says- they, we just bought guys like we're all open. We're transparent as hell. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think that's the next catalyst. Um, besides, I mean, I, I do think we see all time highs in 2021. I mean, people, people might not think so, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty optimistic there. Okay. All right. So you heard it here first from Dylan LeClaire. It is going to 100K uh, by tomorrow. No, I'm uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, Dylan, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And we'll have to do this again. Yeah, man. 100%. Appreciate you having me on. It was fun. <laughs>